0: Welcome to the Logistics Tribe, I'm Boris Felgentreier, founder of the Logistics Tribe and today's guest is Paul Norford, a very likable guy, as you'll hear in a second, who is a solutions evangelist at Zebra Technologies. Zebra has been around since 1969 and they're probably most known for their barcode scanners, printers and other handheld devices, but there's a lot of innovation happening in edge technology and that's what today's show is all about. Our host today is Marco Prugelmeier, who spent over 20 years in various logistics leadership roles at BMW. Marco, take it away.
1: Thank you, Boris. Um, We have Paul Norford as a guest in the show. He is a solution
2: evangelist for Zebra Technologies. Paul, welcome to the show. I'm very well, Marco. Thank you for the opportunity and the invite of me being on the show. It really is uh, fantastic to be here.
1: Yeah, great that we meet again. Uh, Paul, you're, you are a solution evangelist for Zebra Technologies. Could you explain us what an evangelist is, actually? <laughs> uh, we
2: probably know it from the Holy Bible, but uh, not from logistics. Indeed. So if you if you think about evangelist, the, the, the term evangelist, when you boil it all the way down, is effectively a storyteller. And for me, being an evangelist for the company, I, I saw I saw a gap in a consistent way of, of us telling our story. Um, we're very good at saying what we do and sometimes how we do it. But for me, there wasn't that real nugget of why we do what we do. So I, I, I found, uh, found this role, jumped into it, and, and now there's a consistency of, of telling our story, why Zebra mm-hmm. does what we do, and then we move into the how, and then what we deliver as well. So. An evangelist is just a a storyteller, um, and that's what mm-hmm. I do. I'm a solutions evangelist, and it's great to tell the stories of where we've come from in Zebra Technologies and and where we're going.
1: Uh, that, that's great, because then you have the whole scope of your company, right? So actually from where you come from and, and, and where you want to go in the future. And right. um, I always knew Zebra as the scanning and the, the printing company. And yes. I think that's sort of where you come from, but could you maybe tell you a story on that?
2: Yeah, sure. So I, I, I think before I jump into that, I'd, I'd have to say that as a company, change is an integral part of our DNA. We are We are ferociously changing. Mm-hmm. And the reason we're changing is to stay relevant. If you don't change, you don't stay relevant. So across our 50 plus year history, we started out with, I suppose, creating the humble barcode. And then from there, we've, we've acquired companies and we've slowly evolved and changed whilst the market has been moving to stay relevant, to stay front and center, or strictly speaking, to stay at the edge of our customers' operations in order to ensure that they have got visibility as to what's going on. And they're also able to evolve what they're doing in order to stay relevant for their customers and their partner community as well. So much more than just scanners, we'll do printing, of course, with the acquisition of Motorola solutions business at the enterprise business, which is mm-hmm. where I came into the company from. Mm-hmm. We brought mobile computing. When, and then when was then- so that would have been in 2014. Mm-hmm. Now, I think I think that's right. I think I joined the company in 2013. So I'm seven. That's right. So I'm seven at the moment in my total Zebra years. Uh, the acquisition, the Motorola solutions, Business Solutions acquisition happened in 2014. That's when it closed. Uh, so, of course, Zebra then became not just a printing company, but then brought scanners, mobile computing, um, and, and all the rest of it as well. And then even with our latest acquisition, Reflexis, we're, we're constantly on that change journey to stay relevant to our customers and our partners.
1: Very interesting. And doing some research uh, beforehand, I also learned that zebras live in the savannah, right? And savannah has to do something with your newest uh, business that you ramped up. Could you uh, go more into into that topic?
2: Yeah, so I'll, I'll cover that off in, a, in a, a, a tiny little bit of detail. So again, back to the whole piece of change and evolving to stay relevant. There is lots and lots of data that's out there. And if we drill that down to some of our products and our services, we're able to capture data. Let's say, for example, the operation of a particular mobile computing device. Let's say it's a TC77. We're able to capture how that device is operating. We're not capturing personal information. We're just capturing how that device is operating. We can see from the gyroscope, from the accelerometer, what's going on with that device. We can see battery information, all of those things, uh, and and from from that we can put that into our um, Savannah. Um, uh, I suppose the easiest way to term it is a um, is a is a data engine. So we'll put that feed all of that into our data engine, and then from that we're able to serve up particular details whereby we can give next best data driven, um, next best moves for our customers in real time. So they can make a decision that will either impact their business positively or negatively. So a, a, a simple straightforward example would be leveraging the security of blockchain. So we can integrate APIs uh, or or, or um, have APIs available for our partner community to use leverage blockchain and have that served up in their ecosystem to be able to deliver um, better services, more tuned services to our customers and our partners. Okay.
1: Okay. Interesting. Let's go into detail a little bit more on that. So did I understand it right that Savannah is actually a cloud platform, right? Correct. Yes, it is. And um, how do you connect this with the blockchain technology? I didn't get that part so so far. So how does blockchain, wh- what role does blockchain play in all the, the data collection of, of all the Zebra devices? at their
2: customers. So one of the things that we are doing is ensuring that with this, uh, with our cloud-based data engine, Savannah, we're ensuring that we're not just using the the output from it. We're also making those outputs available by exposing APIs for our customers Mm -hmm. and partners to use. Blockchain clearly is around security. So a real key benefit of leveraging blockchain would be if i'm if i'm serving up a particular application or i'm serving up parts of that application i can leverage blockchain technology to ensure that whatever goes into the hyperledger and what's read from the hyperledger is completely secure just by the the uh, the workings of how blockchain technology works so if we can bring that in to um, the the workflow that our customers are able to use, we're building in inherent security into that platform to ensure that our customers' data is secure.
1: Okay. Right. I, I got it. So you're using blockchain and, and specifically Hyperledger for this yes. to to really manage all the security issues and to make sure that only those people get access to the data that are really allowed to and that this is visibility and, and traceable and, and that you can make sure that, that this is very secure.
2: Right? Absolutely. Yes, correct. And.
1: I also learned something very new about zebra, which was not really uh, in my mind before. Uh, and that was that you are also connected somehow to the NFL.
2: Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> if if you will, our, our zebras sit on the shoulders of our NFL players. Yes, you're absolutely right. It's, it's our <laughs> that, technology. That's a
1: great picture to have in mind. Yeah. <laughs> That that would be something for a commercial, port,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So our, I imagine our...
1: just all the the NFL players with their zebra on the shoulders, yeah, <laughs> carrying that in, in the game. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. So <laughs> no, our, But our, w- what our, is it about technically? Sure. So our technology goes into the uh, the our, we have kitted out all of the uh, all of the arenas and uh, all of the. Uh, I, the word escapes me now, um, all of the the, the fields the where the field, NFL yeah. happens in the US. Mm-hmm. So effectively, we've got spatial, uh, spatial positioning at, around our, our players. So the players have got um, a couple of RFID tags that they wear in their shoulder pads. There's a tag in the ball as well. And around the stadium, We've put our RFID sensing technology. Um, then there is a huge amount of computing work that happens. So for example, if you have a ball that is currently traveling from one end of the field to the other one, we've got spatial um, uh, uh, spatial positioning with with the players. Our system calculates, how fast the ball is going the trajectory of the ball also how fast our players the players are going as well and we're able to serve that information up not just to the coaches for uh, for analysis and for training but we're also able to serve up exactly the same data to a lot of the people who watch the NFL so, you can have an engaging okay. conversation around, uh-huh. well, my particular player who I'm a big fan of, um, let's let's call him Smith. Um, he was traveling much faster this week than he was last week you know what's happened as he changed his diet, all that good stuff and as, as a big fan of that, I can get engaged in a conversation around that particular player and I can I can engage with some of my friends we can talk about it and it really does bring a, a whole nother layer to the analytics and the game analysis, not just for coaches, but also for the fans. Okay,
1: so I, as a fan, could really access this data? Yeah, you can. Okay, so so there are special platforms and I can buy in and, and I can really, uh, access to data of my favorite teams and, and players and so on
2: indeed and you can statistics. now, uh, now I, I have to say' I'm, I'm not a fan of the NFL I I ball sports are not my thing I, I prefer yeah, cricket pe- more, more cricket in London uh, right? even though I'm in the country that loves cricket I am not a fan of cricket my friend my my okay. sport is my sport is more uh, let's say uh, petrol and two wheels I'll leave it, I'll leave ah, it there. okay
1: all right, do you do have some analytics going on for that sport too? I,
2: I do have some analytics going on for that sport. Um, the analytics mainly are, are based around uh, my, my own senses. So the sense of smell, and then I suppose the sense of speed and literally with my head going from one way to the other way. That's the only analytics that I'm concerned about. Okay,
1: Paul, and coming back to, to the NFL and, and uh, the tracking that you do there for, for the NFL, yes. um, could you go a little bit more into the technology that in, is involved there? because i was reading a lot of rfid or is this a little bit more like uh, uwb uh, uh, tracking on the ultra field. Oh, what is the technology ultra wide band okay so, so that's a that's
2: a great question and i'm i'm not going to answer that question because i am not 100% sure so I, I'm, I'm going to pass on that one. However, I can connect you with some of our teams who know this technology inside out. No,
1: no, it's okay. It's ultra-wipe, and uh, that's, that's really something that you can imagine for that kind of problem that you have there tracking the, the players on a big field. Uh, that makes sense in, in my point of view. Okay. Um, Paul, uh, going back where, where we met, we, we have been at the TAL conference, Trends in Automotive Logistics. Yes, Uh, in Czech Republic, a great conference. Yes. Back there, uh, I think Corona was already mentioned, but it was really far away. It was somehow in China still at that point in February. (laughs) It was, was, yes. And and we were, I remember we were sitting there in a a conference room with several hundred people there. Just a normal conference, yeah. And uh, it's just not to imagine right now in these times... We're we're both back in in lockdown right now, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, the second lockdown we're
2: experiencing
1: together. Second, second, second lockdown right now. So, um, how did you experience this this year personally, uh, and also from from a zebra uh, technology viewpoint? So, so how was this crazy year for you guys?
2: Oh, Marco, that's a that's a great question. A great question. I, I, I think. If I probably attack maybe both professional and personal at the same time I think I think the one word really stands out for how we have performed this year and that word is pivot we've we've been very quick to analyze what's going on in our business we've been very quick to support um, our local governments, not just here in the UK, which is where I'm based, but also around the world. As you know, we've helped stand up the Nightingale Hospital. Some of our teams um, literally took equipment in uh, in our, during um, or just before the first lockdown happened. Some of our teams took equipment in, got it set up for that Nightingale Hospital that's based in London. And we were using uh, all of our Zebra technologies. Um, uh, okay. Medical grade equipment, um, such that it can be wiped down with uh, with the correct grade of alcohols and 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 things like mm-hmm. that. So, using our technologies, going straight into that hospital, and our, our teams went in and they were able to help our national health service get that hospital stood up. the The other piece around pivoting as well is that I'm, I'm part of part of the training team. And one of the things that we often do is gather our teams together and we will push them through face-to-face training. There'll be some pre-work to do, but we'll effectively push them through face-to-face training and then have follow-up coaching as an example. We've had to flip that on its head very, very quickly and provide video-based self-paced learning. And mm-hmm. you you see you see kind of what's going on behind me at the moment. And, and part, part yeah. of that pivot was me personally changing the way I actually work. So my entire workflow has has changed personally in order to drive a professional pivot that we have done inside the company. Our Mm -hmm. sales teams are doing much more virtual work. We are training our teams in terms of how to sharpen their skills in a virtual world. And... uh, before and and I'm sure some of your listeners won't know this, they won't be privy to this information. But before we actually started the recording, we were talking about some of the skills that that I I had before joining Zebra, and one of the things that that I I was trying to do was to become a radio presenter. So leveraging those and that skills helps of, you right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've got a great face for radio. I've been told. But, but being able to leverage that natural skill that I've learned years ago now into this virtual way of working mm-hmm. really does lend itself very, very nicely. And the, the link to bring those two things together is extremely small. So being able to, to, to use those skills in this new way of working really has been a, has created a, a profoundly positive impact to the way we work. It, it, it really has been. Personally, again, it's it's been a very interesting journey. Uh, yeah. There are obviously two ways things. of looking at it. Of course, when this first happened, wow, what's going on? Are we really in this new world? But for me, if you mm-hmm. tilt your head to the side, there's always opportunity. But sometimes it's very difficult to find those silver linings. But they are there; they really are there. Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree. I, I'm also looking uh, always positive into the future, and uh, we wouldn't actually probably not sitting here without Corona and, and doing podcasting, right? <laughs> I mean, correct. That's something something new that we that we learned and, and that we. That we're building up right now, yeah, and it's interesting, and that's, that's, that's right. a new opportunity. That's right. It's yeah? it's
2: opportunity, just like we both agreed.
1: And uh, you you said that um, that Zebra, as a company, established it to, to really change, do the quick change, and to, to this new world, and and mm-hmm. to yeah to adapt to this very fast. And also setting up some of their technology in in, uh, in a hospital and, or in more hospitals. And do you also plan or, or did you come up with some uh, way in using your technology also for COVID for keeping the distances in factories or something like that? Because yeah. I could imagine that this this would be a good use case. Uh, we were talking before for, for the NFL and the, the player tracking. So mm. this could be also used in... a in, in other cases right?
2: Yeah you're, you're absolutely right Marco. One of the things that obviously has has caused a, a massive issue is proximity and being um, too, too close to people we're, we're still unsure as to how the virus actually jumps from one person to the other. I, I'm, I'm not I'm not a doctor so I, I don't know where we are with that but one of the things when it comes to pivoting, Um, And again, change is part of our DNA, okay? So so one of the things that we have done with regard to pivoting is we have created a brand new application, which is called MotionWorks Proximity. MotionWorks Proximity allows employers to keep all of their employees safe. So with Mm -hmm. the ability to have uh, tracking on our devices, it's designed... To ensure and designed to alert users to the potential social distancing problems where they might be working in relatively close proximity. That application as well, MotionWorks Proximity, is a, it's a great solution that allows um, not just the, the potential social distancing issues that may occur in in, a, in an employer's operation, but also it provides full histor- a full historic contact map so you can see exactly what's gone on with regard to the entire history of that user and that device so again if we hadn't have had covid we wouldn't have created that solution how does that work from a technically uh,
1: uh, standpoint is this is this a, a kind of a, a wristband that, that i'm
2: wearing and and uh, or how does that work So it's not a wristband, it's it's all it's all encapsulated into the device using Bluetooth Ah, and also using using your
1: devices. Correct, exactly. Exactly, and
2: these this has been developed specifically for our Zebra devices. So we have a raft of devices, and you can find those on zebra.com of of the devices mm-hmm. that can be used with regard to the uh, the MotionWorks uh, proximity solution. But it uses the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the 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 built in uh, technology that's inside our devices to work.
1: Okay, so. Um... If I'm responsible for physical for logistics uh, operations in a factory and mm-hmm. my people are carrying zebra devices for scanning and so on, mm-hmm. then uh, I can basically upgrade to this technology where I can actually see how they are keeping their distance between each other, and that I can do also contact tracing uh, based on the
2: on the device. That is absolutely correct, indeed. We're, oh, right. we're already using this in our own Zebra facility. So we have a facility in the Netherlands. And inside that facility, we're using our own technology, we're, I suppose, eating our own dog food, as it were, to ensure that our teams yeah, are also good. safe when it got right exactly that our teams are also safe when they are working to support not just our customers but our partner community as well so it is something that we've developed and it is working we are using it ourselves and we have made the solution available for our customers and partners to leverage too
1: yeah that's really something really new that that evolved and uh, how zebra has adapted to to corona and to the circumstances that that we have all right now right Absolutely, um, paul if we stay uh, if we stick to the topic uh visibility it this seems to to somehow you mentioned it beforehand and and this seems to to uh, go right uh like a red line through all uh the zebra history and i read somewhere um that that one of the key points of the or the mission is to, to make assets and workers visible, right. Um, But I think that you not only if you if you're saying workers that you're not only talking about human workers, is that correct? Absolutely,
2: yes, yes, you're right. So when it when it comes to when it comes to workers, we are now well into the fourth industrial revolution the digital revolution. Throughout history, you'll see lots of changes with regard to technology and humans interacting. When we crafted this statement, with that in mind, with the fourth industrial revolution, with regard to computer vision, with regard to uh, AI, Mm -hmm. we have got to ensure that when it comes to work, it's not just about humans. I suppose you could say that we're being inclusive. We're including technology into that workers bracket as well, because technology also works not just for us, excuse me, but technology also works with us. So Mm -hmm. we have got to ensure that we've left the platform open for customers who choose to Remove humans from a repetitive function or even some sort of learning function that we're able to put technology in that space such that humans can then, I suppose, evolve their job function will evolve to do something else, to do something that's much more meaningful. I think when it comes to things like empathy. I don't believe that computers will be able to give us humans empathy. It may well happen one day, but at the moment, certainly from what I see, I would rather hug a human when it's possible than hugging a robot <laughs> for that level of empathy. So yes, you're right. So when it comes to enabling edge technologies to ensure that our, uh, uh, that, that, our work is visible, and workers are visible and optimally utilized. That really is the key driver for our enterprise asset intelligence vision.
1: Uh, I think that's that's really a great statement and, and outlook for the future. And and as you know, Paul, uh, my my mission is kind of bringing logistics to high tech. Yeah, uh, that's that's kind of where, where I believe in, um, and um, obviously. Zebra Technologies is also following this path. And I assume that you are already building robots, right?
2: We are working with robots. We are working with companies that are developing robots. But remember, this all comes back to what you beautifully articulated around visibility. The key thing is you can't manage what you can't measure and you can't measure what you can't see. And all of our investments are all around that key statement. So, although our, our historically we've we've created new things, MotionWorks proximity, for example, and the acquisition of of certain companies, Profitect, and also uh, Reflexis, this is all driving to one strategic direction, which is being able to ensure that we help our customers increase their productivity and that they decrease their errors. And visibility is the key thing that we are putting right in front of our customers and partners to be able to deliver that. And we are delivering that already.
1: Right, and and that's what, what I was referring a little bit beforehand with the robot. Um, you, you started something like a smart side robot. Yeah? Uh, I imagine this is like the uh, shelf, counting items robot that you see probably see already in the stores. That's right. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about,
2: about SmartSight? Yeah, I can. Not too much detail though, obviously, but because uh, you can get all the detail on the website. But effectively SmartSight is, is used in conjunction with something that we call Fulfillment Edge. So so what you're referring to is what we call our EMA, our EMA 50 robot. And that robot is it could be positioned in a retail store for example and that robot will go up and down the aisles looking for anomalies looking for gaps um looking for uh planogram compliance and all of those things and that data is then fed through our savannah platform and fed either to a human worker or potentially mm-hmm. a robot worker to uh, to to sort those things out. For example, planogram compliance. I've got Coca-Cola on the shelf and it's on the wrong shelf. That will create mm-hmm. a, a, a a workflow for someone or a piece of technology to go and correct. Where uh, I have got uh, tomato soup on the shelf and there's only two left. And we know historically, we're now moving into the autumn season, the colder, colder months are coming people are going to want more tomato soup. So that creates a workflow opportunity for someone or a piece of technology to then uh, ensure that we've got enough tomato soup on the shelf.
1: That's really a great example. And I think this this approach of connecting the human workers that still exist in, in some operations and probably will exist for a long time in some uh, operations and connect those to the um, the robot worker, yeah, let's call it that way. And then um, there, there can be also a smooth transition from from the robots to the humans, where actually where the humans are only fulfilling repetitive tasks and 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 boring tasks and and where tasks actually where you better uh, off with a robot in the future, um, and you can free up your personnel for the really creative tasks and, and of the future, right? Correct. Is
2: that kind of also
1: the, the approach that, that Zebra is taking on that side?
2: Yes, yes, it is. At, at Zebra, we're, we're really not a, a big fan of silos. We we want to ensure that humans mm-hmm. and technology are really well connected, that they're connected safely, that they're connected um, on, a, on, a, on a, a morally supportive level, um, so again, when our teams are working together creatively to figure a lot of these things out. How can we break down break down those barriers between technologies? How can we ensure that we've got exposed, secure APIs for not just us to use, but for our partner community to use as well, to create more than the sum of their parts? And we're we're more than happy to to, to work with all sorts of people to bring these things about because Remember, it it, it comes back to those two reasons why we exist, to increase our customers' productivity and to decrease their
1: errors. Great. Paul, um, thank you very much for those statements on on Zebra Logistics. Uh, Really great insight on that. Thank you for that. And I also saw that you started your own uh, YouTube channel, right? Not only podcast to you, you are on YouTube, YouTube right now. Is that correct? Is this uh, is this Paul itself? Or is it for zebra logistics? Or is this in any way connected? And, and what are your goals with that? And and
2: what what are you doing there? (laughs) I I knew this question would come up. Um, So (laughs) and thank you for raising that question, Marco. So, yes, I've, I've started a YouTube channel because I am, I am passionate about people. I'm passionate about the skills that, these, that, that anyone can have. And it's absolutely possible to pick up new skills. Even in this whole thing of lockdown, I've picked up a number of skills that I probably wouldn't have picked up without COVID. Again, silver lining, opportunity. So I've, I've decided to start up this YouTube channel all around skills. Think about skills as a, as a, as a toolbox. If you and, and all of us have got roughly the same size toolbox, you may have a skill in communicating. I may have a skill in video editing. If we collaborate, there is an opportunity for a third skill to come out. And I'm I'm a big fan of collaboration. And I, I often find that Collaboration is much more powerful than competition. So what I've done is I've decided to uh, to, to start up this this YouTube channel all around sharing skills, all around, and, and a lot of people are talking about it. But but giving back, how can I as a <laughs> someone who spans between Generation X and being a millennial, they call that a zenial, how how can <laughs> I transfer my skill set, what I know, what I've learned? to the next generation. So uh, many people are talking about giving back, but I am absolutely passionate about how do we pass these things on? How do we pass on the the simple things of being able to effectively communicate to a generation who are digital intuitives, who will have more conversations on their mobile devices than sitting down and having a face-to-face conversation with someone. How do we get? How do we give them those skills and those tools to be able to do exactly what we're doing at the moment? So that's the channel. It's not been going for very long, uh, but I I, I have a, I have a few followers already. Um, the channel is called True North, so it's a play on words of North South in terms yeah. of North um i got it well, of course there were two <laughs> there were two norths that we have we have magnetic north we have true north so it's a bit of a play on on um finding your direction finding your true north as all
1: well. right so check out this uh, youtube channel one last question that i um that i really ask want to ask everybody in the show is what do you think is the future for logistics and and if my mission is let's get to high tech with logistics so what would be uh your imagination for the future of logistics
2: that's a that's a great question and and i i alluded to it a little bit earlier the statement that i i I gave you which was collaboration is much more powerful than competition i would love to see a platform where all logistics companies get together and they have one sole purpose, and that is to support all of their customers. Let's take things like plastics in the world. How can a logistics organization with all of the workflows that they have focus on clearing plastics? I believe it's a It's a adjacent industry, and I believe that it could truly be possible for our seas to be cleared of plastics, working with logistics companies, working with creatives, artists, broadcasters, all sorts, because again, collaboration, working together will be much more powerful than competition. So for me, one of the changes I'd like to see in logistics is how can we recycle, repurpose? How can we clean our planet? How can we ensure that we are creating a safe space for the next generation? Because for me, it kind of feels like us humans are, are on this planet and it feels like we've got another planet to go to because we're not treating this one particularly well. So I would love to see how we pull that together and I'm more than happy to roll up my sleeves to do what I can and put my money where my mouth is, but I would I would love to see that. I really so
1: logistics not goes only uh, high-tech, it also goes sustainability, right? Great. All right. Great. Uh, thank you very much, Paul, it was great having you here on the show. Thank you for being here.
2: Thank you so much for the opportunity again, Mario. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Thank you.
0: Bye-bye. All right. That was the Logistics stripe podcast episode with Paul Norford from Zebra Technologies. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Make sure you subscribe to the Logistics stripe podcast so you don't miss any of the future episodes. I'm Boris Fagandreer. Until next time.